Hey, welcome back to another edition of the Canberra Brooks Podcast, Above and Beyond. This podcast is designed uh, to interview former junior military officers who made a transition from the military and are successfully leading in the business world. And so for this episode, I have a conversation with Renee Barber. Renee is a former Marine Corps logistics officer. She spent seven years in the Marine Corps as a logistics officer and transitioned about three years ago uh, to a company called Protivity and into an IT consulting role. She started as a senior consultant and now she's in a manager level role. And so for this conversation, my goal in the conversation was really to talk about, you know, what does it look like in her arena from a consulting, you know, from a consulting um, career field, what's her day-to-day, what is she working on professionally, how is she growing and developing, and so we had a really good conversation about where she focuses um, managing a team of professionals that work with a client versus managing the client itself. We also get into conversations like how she stays current in developing. She gives some excellent advice on where you as a JMO should be focusing your efforts in terms of continuing to grow and develop. And then at the end of the conversation, she I asked her to give some advice to herself if she was you know, giving advice from three-ish years ago and, and how she could continue to grow and develop. And we, had a, we finished the conversation with a great little piece on, on some of the advice that she said. I'll give you a, a precursor. She says, expect to fail, which uh, may sound like a little daunting, but uh, she gives an excellent reason for why she says that and how she is managed through the transition in a successful way. So she's a great lady. Um, she has some wonderful insight that, that hopefully you'll be able to, to appreciate and gain. She also mentions a book. Um, um, it's called How I Raised Myself from Failure to Success in Sales. And so I'm going to link, uh, link that in the show notes if you're interested in going and pursuing that. And she gives a reason for why she's not even in sales. Well, traditional sales, but uh, we'll get into that in the conversation. But anyway, um, but if you're interested in going and looking at that book, I'll link that in the notes. Um, If you're interested in learning more about Cameron Brooks, certainly you can go to our website, Cameron-Brooks.com. We have a lot of open source material that you can dig into to find out more about who we are, what we do, uh, and how we provide value to military officers as they're transitioning from the military to corporate America. I would also point you to Roger Cameron's book, PCS to Corporate America, which you can find on Amazon. PCS to Corporate America is in its fourth edition. So it's been updated three different times through the years. And, and it's really a one-stop shop for all of your transition uh, needs. It answers questions, helps you write a resume, helps you interview and think contemplatively about how to interview um, and how that process should go. Certainly there's a, a recommended reading program that we suggest toward the end of the book. And so lots of material that you can pick up from PCS to Corporate America. Okay, that's enough for me. Without further ado, here's Renee Barber. Renee, thanks so much for joining us on the Camera Brooks Podcast. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm excited to chat with you. Um, I have fond memories of us working together and you making the transition a few years back. So it's good to be able to visit with you and catch up with you. Why don't you start off by just giving us a little bit about your Marine Corps background? Absolutely. Uh, so seven years in the Marine Corps as a logistics officer. Um, I started started out as um, in most 
like Marine Corps officers do as a platoon commander. Uh, motor T uh, platoon commander got to spend my my first real fleet time deployed in Afghanistan with a uh, a platoon. It's pretty exciting. Um, and then worked my way up uh, to H and S company commander, so headquarters and headquarters and service company. Uh, spent a little time there, a little bit out of the logistics field, but uh, a lot of time commanding and taking care of uh, young Marines and even my peers. And then mm-hmm. um, within that same command, then I moved up to um, the logistics officer, so the S4 position, and spent the remainder of my time there in North Carolina as a logistics officer doing several different things as a, as a battalion logistics officer with uh, food mess or field service, um, uh, ammo, uh, the armory, uh, supply, um, safety, just kind of all the, the gamut of logistics uh, there for the uh, for the squadron. And then I left um, North Carolina, went to Georgia um, in a role that I, I definitely, you know, wasn't expecting, but it turned out to be a, a great role as a, a project manager for a few of the IT logistics systems that's used around the Marine Corps. So um, I went there initially thinking I was going to be a, a SME, a subject matter expert on the uh, the applications on those specific programs, but just due to manpower, I ended up being the actual project manager. So uh, had to mm-hmm. really get into the IT field and learn, you know, everything from cyber, uh, cybersecurity, information awareness to just how to, uh, you know, manage developers, software developers, and business analysts for for these systems, and and got to learn a, a lot about just the IT ins and out and, and managing uh, a project it's a little different from, you know, how we would manage a project for logistics. But um, that was my, my last um, position in command there in Albany, Georgia, uh, before I transitioned out. So was, well, this is was, a, uh, th- this will be a great segue because for, maybe just for a moment. So you, you, you're a, you're a manager at Protivity. Maybe first start off like, Many people may not have heard of Protivity. So, who are mm-hmm. you guys? What do you do? What do you? What's what per service or product do you provide uh, in the business world? Yes, Protivity is a, a management consulting firm uh, with several different solutions across um, all all industries that you can think of: financial services, uh, transportation, retail, um, energy. There's really healthcare. There's no industry that we don't serve. Uh, but our solution, our practices range from uh, internal audit. So uh, we we support internal audit programs, whether um, just assisting with a few uh, resources, individuals, or providing the internal audit function for a uh, a company if if they so choose to use us as their internal auditors. Uh, and then consulting from risk and compliance, technology consulting, security, privacy. We have um, you know large range of different solution areas. So we we come into uh, any companies we work with, you know, several uh, Fortune 500 companies to just provide mm-hmm. uh, a big picture uh, kind of view and problem solving um, and helping them with whether it's a specific problem or a project uh, to help improve, you know, their their marketplace and their um, their growth and their improvements within their specific, their industry. Now, how did you, because I was, I, I know in the past, and Protivity, you know, they 
I, I, I'm sure you know Matt Watson. Matt, Matt was one of the first people that we helped transition to productivity back in 2004. Mm-hmm. He's, of course, now a managing director. We've placed mm-hmm. over 30 people. I think the number is 34 people since 2003 at productivity. So, how, so they obviously knew the, the JMO background. But, but a lot of times when they come to the conference, they're looking for someone with a little bit of IT exposure, which, which you don't academic, – from an academic perspective, you don't really have, and from a logistics perspective, you don't really have. But, of course, that's one of the primary functions and roles you did uh, in your last job in the Marine Corps. Was that a driver for, for them in, in selecting you? Were they digging into an IT, or is an IT a big piece of who ProTivity is and what you guys do? Uh, it's, it's a little bit of both. Um, so technology and IT is just a uh, a small piece of our solution areas. Uh, it's definitely mm-hmm. growing. Um, we're risking mm-hmm. compliance and um, internal audit and financial advisory is, is kind of the uh, larger area, but we are definitely growing the technology. So when they came to the, or at least for my conference, um, we did have um, a, a technology consulting managing director, and that's what they were looking for at the time. Um, and my background um, definitely was not, you know, formally, at least from an education standpoint, um, right. technology. My degree is kinesiology, health and PE, and then logistics is my, um, you know, primary MOS. So, right. um, you know, I wasn't, you know, definitely traditional uh, IT hire, but the leadership experience, uh, being able to, I wouldn't say multitask, but handle multiple assignments, um, you know, simultaneously. <clears throat> and then the the IT exposure was something that they were looking for as, as a consultant and, in, you know, moving up as a manager to be able to handle, you know, those IT projects and then the, the individuals. I mean, we hire, uh, Protivity hires um, straight out of college uh, graduates. And so, you know, while they are, are very formally um, – trained and educated in college on you know, perhaps information management or um, a specific IT uh, degree, they don't have the experience or at least the leadership um, that right. someone coming out of the military would have to be able to, to lead a project. So I definitely don't have the expertise in a lot of these areas, but I'm able to you know, take a team uh, and provide sure. you know, that service or you know, solve that problem for the client. That was really what they were so, looking for. I had I had the technology, but the leadership is mm-hmm. definitely one of the things. And that makes a lot of sense because when companies come to the conference, they're really not looking. I, in my own experience, I have experience working for a, a healthcare company in a in a medical device oriented role where the preponderance of my time was spent in the operating room. But I was an Army field artillery systems engineer. I had no medical experience whatsoever, but like you, the J and J or the company I worked for, Johnson Johnson, they were looking for more leadership than necessarily mm-hmm. all this industry experience. And I really do think that is a predominant reason, if not the predominant reason, why industry goes out of their industry into a completely different industry, right? Of national defense to pluck mm-hmm. out these high potential leaders to come help them grow. Let me let me pull on a thread you just mentioned. You said productivity hires from the college campus, which is which is not unusual. Consulting firms do that. Mm-hmm. They hire college graduates and, and MBA candidates, et cetera. So you started your career at Protivity as a, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, 
a, a quote, experienced senior consultant. Now you're a manager. But I assume mm-hmm. Proactivity doesn't hire from the campus into a an experienced senior consulting role, right? I mean, I, I assume they come in as an associate or something along those lines? Correct. They come in as uh, our position is just called consultant, but yeah, associate. Yeah, okay. So you came in above that, right? So you're already above Correct. the quote, you know, from the campus hire, um, and mm-hmm. now you're moving along in your career, even with the fact that you don't have all of this business and consulting experience. Okay, mm-hmm. that's that's helpful. And so when you first came in, I'd like to talk about career progression, but maybe before we do that, when you first came in, you're in the quote experienced senior consultant role. That's how they brought you into their organization. You know, once you once you kind of got trained and knew what was going on in the day to day, can you give us a, a you know kind of the wave tops of your day to day when you first started with the organization? Once you were up and running, like what what were you doing all day every day? Um, well, consulting is definitely a, a people um, profession, people business. So a lot of time spent um, meeting with, interviewing uh, the client. Uh, so we we come in um, to solve a problem. If there's a specific um, um, project or problem they're trying to solve, perhaps they don't have the expertise or just the resources. It's easier to bring in consultants, fix the problem, or um, you know, work on that particular project, implement something, and then move on. And they don't have to do the hiring. So we're there to to understand what that problem is. So a lot of times. Uh, or most of my day is spent, um, you know, going in, of course, meeting with my team who I'm working with, but uh, meeting with um, the VPs or senior VPs or sometimes even executive VPs, um, you know, depending on the the phase or the type of project that we're working on, uh, meeting with them to understand um, the project or even provide um, a status and update, which a lot of JMOs will be very familiar with, uh, you know, just keeping the other leadership and, you know, project sponsors, mm-hmm. whether it be client or even uh, within Protivity, updated on, on the status of the project. Um, so lots of interviews and meetings, um, you know, keeping everyone within the team and then those stakeholders and sponsors um, updated on the, the status. Um, most of my time um, is spent at the client site. Um, you know, we as a as a company, you know, we we definitely value the people, and so I mean that that is our product. It's the people, and so um, for you know any of our clients, we want them to know that you know we are are very focused and um, dedicated to their work. And so having us on site, they they have a, a good feeling that we're working you know actively on their project. Uh, so mm-hmm. being at the client site, uh, collaborating, researching um, you know how we're going to solve the problem, collaborating with uh, subject matter ex- subject matter experts. So even within Protivity, yes, we have consultants that kind of are jack of um, jack of all trades, and they kind of mm-hmm. move around within their their solution. But then we have those SMEs that that we can call on that has whether it's industry experience or you know within professional practices experience helping other clients, uh, collaborating with them to to provide a uh, a workable, viable solution. You know that's gonna uh, you know, be efficient and effective for the client. Um, and then networking. I mean, a lot of a lot of times, uh, you know, we'll finish that project, but you have to think about what's what's the next thing. And so, you know, keeping in contact with uh, previous clients and then 
um, listening, keeping our you know ear to the ground on how we can help in other areas within uh, within that particular client. And then you if I'm not working at a client site, I'm you know reading and trying to you know study up and you know stay current on you know any any of the areas within technology consulting that I can help with. All right, there's two follow-ups to that. Then my first question <laughs> is: you mentioned you said most of the day I'm meeting with the client, being with the client, helping them understand where the project is, what you know, what you're what you're learning, what the ultimate you know um, uh, result will be when the when the engagement is complete. But you also mentioned, you know, of course I meet with my team. Can you tell me more about that? Who who's on the team? What are the, mm-hmm. you know generally what are their roles and what's the interaction? Are you do you lead them? Do they lead you? Does no one lead? You know, is everyone kind of managing their own lane? What's the dynamic there? Sure. Uh, and every project, of course, is different. Um, you know, whatever the need is, but primarily, um, as I mentioned, productivity hires and college graduates. So that's usually as a uh, senior consultant, experienced consultant, now manager. Um, you know, I have consultants and or senior consultants that uh, that are on my team. Um, and so a handful, uh, one or two, again, depending on the project, the size of the team, um, you know, they're, they're doing the, the work, whether it's um, performing the actual audit or implementing the actual solution or system that we're working on. Um, and so um, it is very much a, a leadership management kind of both role in, you know, the task-oriented management aspect and then just the leadership um, just like, you know, junior Marines or, you know, junior military members, they have great ideas, um, you know, so I, I want to hear from them. You know, they're there uh, sometimes more than I am, so I get to hear uh, you know, just different perspectives on the problem and, you know, what they have, um, you know, for a recommended solution. So um, it it's definitely a leadership role to manage those um below me, the con- uh, consultants and senior consultants. And then uh, we manage up as well. I mean, we have, um, you know, sen- I'm a manager, so senior managers up all the way up to managing directors. And uh, those individuals are definitely spread thin across multiple projects and multiple engagements. So we have to manage up to keep them, you know, abreast of, you know, what's going on at the client site. And again, moving forward with future projects to to get them connected with um stakeholders or, you know, potential sponsors for other projects. Mm-hmm. Um, that's primarily within our team, within our productivity team, the, the kind of the leadership and uh, day-to-day of what I'm doing with the team. Got it. So you, you're, you're really managing and corralling those consultants, senior consultants, but you're also, you know, bringing into the picture and, and engaging with your senior leadership, senior managers, mm-hmm. Um, managing directors in order to get them hooked up or connected with, I assume, some of the higher level stakeholders at the client site, if I'm hearing that right. That's correct. Because, again, they're okay. they're over multiple projects and clients, and right. um, I have, you know, more day-to-day contact than they would with um, executive management. And so allowing allowing them to connect with those individuals and keeping them you know, smart on the project so they can come in and, and just, you know, help give the executive management, you know, a good feeling about our progress, um, that they know at every level, you know, we're engaged in the project and trying to do what's best for the client. Mm-hmm. One final question about the team. And so do you mm-hmm. tend to work with the same 
you know, group of of um, consultants and senior consultants, or is it, you know, it's, is it a fresh set of faces? I mean, of course, you guys know each other, and you're all ProTivity mm-hmm. employees. I got that. But, I mean, is it generally a fresh set of faces for every project? Are you managing multiple projects, so you've got this team over here and that team over there, et cetera? What does that look like? It, it's kind of both. Um, I will say this. The, my favorite part of consulting and, and especially consulting at Protivity is because um, one day is hardly ever the same and one project is hardly ever the same. Um, so in some cases, um, what I've been at Protivity for two and a half years, so it, it seems like it's a short period of time, but a lot has happened because projects can range from three weeks to six months or even a year. So um, mm-hmm. I have a core set of consultants that I work with at one particular client. And um, it's... It's great, unlike in the military where, you know, people are assigned to a unit because of the orders they're given, we get to to have a little bit of say in resource management and who we pull from within Protivity, whether it's the Dallas office or other offices around the country. And so uh, we work with the, the resource manager um, and other managers and senior managers to decide how we're going to build a team because we obviously want the best people for the project and for that client. So um, I, I do have a, a client when that project, I, I keep a core set of um, consultants and senior consultants. And then sometimes I get pulled away uh, I have to split mm-hmm. my time. And then I work with a whole new set of uh, consultants, you know, that may be more um, consistent with that client or with that type of project, and they're just using me mm-hmm. as the the management piece and plugging me into that team. So um, it's kind of both. Um, and yeah, that's the. Can you ever say no? Like I never hey, get bored. Look, sorry, I can't. Yeah, can you ever just say, hey, I I uh, I'm 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 tapped out. I mean, I know you guys need me for this project, but the answer is no. I I can't. There's no margin at this point in my day. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. Absolutely. Um, the last thing that anyone at Protivity wants is for someone to to fail or feel like they're overwhelmed. Um, and we uh, definitely at the manager and above level have more say in the types of projects and the overload and, and our workload itself. Um, and so, you know, we definitely communicate quite often. Um, and in managing directors um, and below down to the manager level are doing the same thing with, you know, shifting people around and asking, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for their, their help. And so, you know, there's a lot of communication. Sometimes there isn't that communication, but we do – uh, get to speak freely about you know what we have on our schedule and and for the most part can turn down projects um, whether it's for personal reasons or just our workload. There is that flexibility. That must be really hard though. Like you know when you're you're trying to do the right things, or it would be hard <laughs> for me. Like I want to say yes to everyone when it comes when it comes to professional. I feel like I can do it all. All you have to do yes. is ask, and the answer is yes. That must be an exceptionally hard thing to do to tell somebody no, especially if it's like a managing director. It is. Um, in fact, I got myself in a situation where I did say yes to three different projects, um, and I realized um, that that wasn't great, um, you know, long term. It, it was definitely something I could do for the, I think it was a, a four-week span where I was um, tackling three different clients, um, and I think it was four or five projects within those three clients. Um, and so, you know, you definitely have the option to say yes if you can if you can do the work. Um, it, those were those days were stretched a little longer, uh, but again, that's the beauty of consulting is that was just for a short period of time. And I communicated thereafter is I can I can do that um, if they need me to do it, 
Um, it's just we have to consider, you know, maybe bringing in uh, a SME that can help out, um, you know, on days that I was more focused on another project. And, yes, it definitely is hard, especially coming from the, the military where it's we're going to get it done at all costs. Um, that's just the way, it, the way it is. And we work, you know, we're Marines 24-7 and we're going to get the job done. And that has been my attitude. Uh, but knowing that I can't expect that from everybody. And so I try to step back a little bit and just communicate just my workload. Um, and, again, I know sometimes I can do that for a short period of time. Um, but in the long run, it definitely would, would wear on you. Um, and just, you know, being smart for yourself and, and for the client and productivity. So it sounds like there's a culture there where, you know, and I don't know what it was like in the Marine Corps, and I'm sure across the military, different but saying no, at least I feel like I felt pressure. Saying no means, well, fine, I'll get somebody. If you can't do it, I'll get somebody else to do it. And and so, you know, it's almost like saying no to your detriment or there, there's some sort of negative recourse or repercussion in saying no. But it sounds like the cult, culturally speaking, you know, everyone's in the same boat. Like, hey, we got it. You can't handle it. You're, you're, you're not going to be negatively affected by saying no. No, I mean, if the the schedules, you know, are very transparent, uh, you know, once things get on the books that, you know, you're you're definitely at a, at a client for so many hours, you're scheduled for this many hours. And so, you know, saying no because of you know, you're truly, um, you know, stretched too thin over a client or multiple projects, there is definitely no negative, um, um, you know, backlash or retaliation or, you know, there's no mark against you, you know, for saying, at this point, I just can't handle that many projects. And, right. And, you know, they will definitely find someone else um, or, you know, perhaps it's working, working with the managing director to, um, not that you're going to create more time, but um, pull some work off of one project or one client and allow you to work on that other project. Again, it's just, you know, there's a lot of open communication um, yeah. you know, with, the, with the different management um, teams, you know, throughout the clients. And so um, yeah. just being transparent and, and having the attitude of I want to get this done, you know, I'll do it, you know, if I can, you know, helps mm -hmm. you to say no to some things later on, if that makes gotcha. sense. I love it. I think that this is an insightful um, conversation because I just, you know, it, I think it helps people to know that culturally speaking, you know, the business, I think the business world sometimes gets a bad rap, cutthroat, dog-eat-dog, slaving away, and it's just not that way. I mean, these are, mm -mm. you know, you work at companies where professionals are invested in you and your development and don't want to burn you. In the military, mm -hmm. I feel like, and I, I don't mean to dog the military, that's not my point in this, but based on the nature of what we do in the military, I feel like that consideration isn't given the do that it is given in business, it's just, it feels, I think that's the right word, by the way, I think it feels so much better <laughs> and you have the ability to say no at times. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I said, the last thing that productivity, because the people are our, our that's our product. That's, that's what we provide mm -hmm. people with you know, really knowledge, experience. Yeah. And so the last thing we want to do is burn anyone out, um, you know, make someone feel, you know, 
that they're being set up for failure. We want everyone to be successful. We're going to equip them with either the team or the resources, um, you know, the the knowledge, certifications, you know, whatever mm-hmm. we can do to to set them up for success because that's that's who we are as a company, and and we just can't afford to to have people, you know, leaving Prativity with a bad taste right. in their mouth. Really um, great you know, point. And we have people transition out, um, you know, to go on to the next thing in their career, and we want them to leave Prativity with a a good positive um, experience because that could potentially lead to other work, you know, down the down sure. the line. Prativity sure. alumni are a great resource for us to get into sure. companies or industries that we, you know, we're not there yet. So we always want really to have, you know, you know, balanced. I say mm-hmm. balanced lifestyles, but, you know, just that harmony within your lifestyle, um, you know, personal and professional. Let's pause here for a second. Do you need to check on the baby? Do you want to take a quick break? Are you uh, good? Yeah, I'll go out and check on her. I don't hear any cries or coos, so <laughs> okay. we're good. I got a couple. I only have a couple more questions. Sure. Okay, so um, you mentioned earlier, and this is the other kind of thread I wanted to pull on. You said, when I'm not in front of the client, I'm not in front of my team, I'm reading, I'm studying up, mm-hmm. I'm getting knowledgeable on, I, I'll make some assumptions, but then you'll have to clarify, you know, whether it be mm-hmm. the industry or the company or the process or technology or the product that your client makes, et cetera. Tell me, mm-hmm. if you would, let's do a deep dive here, because I think that I'm not sure that that I I definitely don't, but I'm sure a lot of people don't quite understand. Okay, what does that mean to really kind of mm-hmm. go deep in terms of studying up and doing your research? Mm-hmm. Yes, it's definitely a, a deep and wide. Um, so you kind of hit on like all the facets. So the industry, um, of course, we're we're brought in as JMOs with um, very little other than you know DoD industry experience. So um, any industry is, is pretty new. Um, I've primarily mm-hmm. spent time in financial services, so understanding what that means from bank, banking, commercial banking, resi- residential banking, um, or consumer banking, uh, mortgages, um, real estate, all the aspects of financial services that I would have never really considered or thought I didn't think about until being in that industry. Uh, right. And then there are specific products and solutions within that um, industry and then yes, within technology. I mean, there's. I mean, we could go on. I love when I tell someone that I'm a technology or an IT consultant. They're like, "Great, can you fix my computer?" I'm like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> technology is just so wide. There's just so many you know different aspects. So if I'm you know on a a risk uh, project where um, you know just technology operations, you know what is what is the risk to the company or if it's a product implementation, it's very, very different um, aspect. So, yes, mm. um, what is what is the industry? What is that particular company you know specialize in? Um, reading their activity provides um, lots of different um, um, resources and um, subscriptions to different things that we can read up. Uh, you know, whether it's the industry specific or product, uh, they have we have our own um, kind of like. Um, online education like Prativity University where there's classes that we can um, just spin up on areas that we're just not uh, familiar with or we just want to you know grow uh, in that particular area. Um, 
so across the industry and then your of course your your practice your solution um just getting spun up um i i haven't decided that i wanted to to be a, a SME in one particular area. That's one great thing about mm-hmm. productivity. You don't have to be a SME. Um, so I'm constantly trying to to see where where can I be a best fit for um, you know for our clients. And so that could mean um, reading up on cloud solutions to reading up on uh, identity and access management. So um, just looking at you know where where does my client um, struggle because a lot of times the clients don't know their true problems or their true areas that they need help in, and so um, you know I just try to uh, read, research, uh, ask around to my my peers and what their clients have um, dealt with and how they were able to solve those problems, um, and then certifications of course um, you know again people are the product and um, having us. Um, professionally certified with, um, you know, whether it's um, internal audit or any of the other solutions that we uh, that we provide, having a professional certification definitely goes a long way in our credibility, you know, as a company and as a, as a team. Um, and then researching what, what is the, the common trends, common risks out there. There's a lot of thought leadership that we put out and that we pull from other, other companies. Um, I mean, there's, there is never, um, you know, a, a time where I I don't have anything that I could I could be reading or researching. Right. Um, and technology, I mean, it's always improving and changing, and so trying to stay abreast of you know anything new, um, you know, just in current events helps as well. So how can you know a JMO, someone who's either going to or thinking about transitioning? You know, mm-hmm. I end up we end up talking about certifications a lot. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we we focus on a few Lean Six Sigma project management, maybe some some data analytics. But I always get I get the sense that cert, it, at that point in the career in the career search, the certifications are more should be more broad so that they can speak to their military experience relative to the functions of let's say a PMP or a Lean Six Sigma. So how can a JMO take what you just said and expand their knowledge? Because I don't think, I don't think, and you can correct me here, I don't think it's appropriate for a JMO to try to get all certified up on internal audit, audit because one, they may not, may not do, actually mm-hmm. do that function when they get out, but two, it's a little too specific to what they would be doing as they're trying to, to use a point you made earlier, use their leadership to do a broad mm-hmm. career search. So, what are some things, though, that you feel like looking back now, three years down the road, what are some things that you think would be meaningful and beneficial activities outside of, you know, getting ready to do some interviewing and some of that piece? What are some meaningful additional research and activities do you think someone could do to uh, to expand their general knowledge? Absolutely. So, um, and even – now I focus on this as well. Other than the industry or uh, solution-specific reading or researching, uh, what we're um, you know sought after, what we're hired for, is our leadership and those soft skills. Um, yes, we we have that experience, but continuing to hone that through whether it's reading or any um, 
podcasts that you can listen to outside of, you know, um, transition specific, but just some leadership gurus that can, um, you know, speak to and talk to just areas of, you know, who you are as a person, as a leader. Um, there is, you know, never, you know, a time where you should feel like, yep, I've, I've capped out, I'm good with all my leadership and my soft skills. There's always, um, you know, areas that we can improve on. And I try to, um, you know, take a, a book or two um, and focus on that outside of um, the industry or my solution area. And then um, one thing that um, I do remember having sales as uh, an area that I was considering, um, you know, in my transition. And I was, I was kind of like, am, am I sure about that? Do I want to do sales? Um, well, I think everybody should be just prepared for sales because whether you're in a sales position, you're truly in a sales position, you're going to have to utilize your sales skills. Um, I'm I'm a consultant. I'm a technology consultant, but I sell um, every single day, whether it's sell uh, a recommendation or sell um, you know future work for Prativity. We're 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 salesmen at you know every aspect, and so uh, brushing up on and not sales as in, you know, I'm going to sell you this, uh, you know, used car, but sales and, and, and not persuading, but just showing the client, you know, that this is something, um, whether it's you as a person or, a, you know, a recommendation or solution, this is something that would be beneficial for them, not for me, but for them, uh, you know, this is, this is going to solve your problem. So uh, if it's not leadership or just your soft skills and, you know, dealing with, uh, people and teams, it's definitely um, sales. One, one of my um, favorite sales books uh, is How I Raised Myself from Failure to Success in Selling. Um, you know, he's definitely talking about, you know, Frank Becker is talking about his sales background, but he applies it to, you know, to everything we do in life is, you know, has an element of sales to it. That's great. Um it's funny, you know, you, you said it because I, I was going to ask you the question, but you answered it before I got a chance because I was going to ask you, well, because you said, I sell. We're all salesmen, you know, at, at some some turn, and I wanted to mm -hmm. know, well, how? And you, you really said it, and so I just want to put an exclamation point on your comment. You said, by showing the client value, and that's truly mm -hmm. what business-to-business -business selling is, regardless, you know, regardless if you're in a, you know, a traditional sales role. Like when I transitioned, you know this, Renee, when I, when I mm -hmm. transitioned, I went into a sales role where I was um, selling a specific set of products to a certain set of demographics within business in the medical mm -hmm. field in that, that case. But, but the bottom line is my job, and so you said it perfectly, my job was showing value to the client. And I was giving a, a follow-up briefing from our most recent conference, and I said this to a group of people that were going to go do a follow-up for a sales role. Sales is all about putting the customer first. And when you put the mm -hmm. customer first, um, then there will be, as Ron Willingham says in his book, uh, Integrity for the 21st, Integrity Selling for the 21st Century, there will be the law of reciprocity where you put the customer first and you will be compensated accordingly relative to what you're doing for the customer. And I think that is absolutely true. That's how I used to live my life. But, in, but I just want to make the point that you're saying that in business, the customer is what you're not, you didn't quite say this, but in business, the customer is what provides revenue to your organization. So you've always got to be focused on it, whether you're a quote sales professional or not, you've always got to be focused on bringing value to the customer. And in doing so, that would be a great definition for sales. 
which really I don't really talk much about, but I'm going to start because I love this idea, and I think it's extremely relevant. Tell me that book again that you mentioned. Uh, How I Raised Myself from Failure to Success in Selling. Long title, but okay. good book. It's a short read. It's not very long at all. I'm gonna I'm gonna link that in the in the notes to the show and also um, well I guess that's it yeah I'll find it so if you're interested in finding that book you all you can you can click on the notes and um, and uh, and find more okay well we've taken a lot of your time so I'm gonna ask you one more question and then mm-hmm. uh, and then we'll uh, we'll call it a call it a day so you're three years removed from your transition if you could put yourself back in your shoes you know, three to six months before you transitioned and you were, you know, the the world is your oyster, but there's a lot of unknown out there. What's some advice that you would give yourself as it relates, and you can go anywhere here, as it relates to the transition, as it relates to getting started, whatever it might be. Can you think of one thing that you feel like you would have said to yourself back three plus years ago now? Hmm. Um, so... To myself, uh, I would definitely say expect to fail. I mean, don't don't expect to be the overnight hotshot. Um, I don't know how this happened for me in my my uh, military career, but I mean, a lot of the positions were were very easy, and I think that you know definitely comes from the people that I surrounded myself with and who I relied on. Um, and you're definitely going to have uh, you know great people there, whether it's within Cameron Brooks, your own life, just mentors that you seek out within your, you know, your new company as you transition. But don't expect to be an overnight hotshot. You know, go in humble um, and expect that over time, um, as long as you're uh, continuing to, to seek self-improvement and you have goals that you're reaching for, over time that will happen. Just uh, have a, a good positive attitude. You know, attitude is everything. Um, in the whole transition and, and setting goals and having that, that confident attitude, positive attitude, but know that it's going to take time, um, you know, to to reach, you know, new levels and get back to maybe that hot shot position you were in the in the military. Mm-hmm. And just humbling okay. myself, <laughs> really, that's, that was my advice to myself. Um, I'm going to, if I may, I'm going to, I'm going to try to theorize why that is a thing, why, why what you mm-hmm. said is true. I feel like in the military, you come in as a as a brand new, either ensign or second lieutenant, depending on your branch of service, and it's set up for you to slowly ramp up, right, where mm-hmm. you get to the place where you're, you know, kind of doing your thing, but, but you're not given all of this massive responsibility, whereas when you transition from your previous industry of national defense, the Marine Corps, into your new industry, um, you know, IT consultant for productivity, you're not coming in as an associate, as a college hire. You're coming in as someone that they would usually hire an experienced industry professional. You're coming into the role for the same thing because of all your leadership experience. But I feel like, again, in the military, when you start off, you get to ramp up, but you're not starting from square one not you, Renee, just in general, my theory, mm-hmm. you're not starting from square one when you leave the military and you come to business. You're actually starting at square five or 10 or whatever square you're on, commensurate mm-hmm. to where you were in the military. So uh, there's a, there, the learning curve is relatively yes. steep, you know, and you've got to yes. get up the curve. And, and you said something to me that is constant in this podcast, something that I dwell on often, and that is humility. 
stay mm-hmm. humble. You know, work hard, bring value, but stay humble. And uh, mm-hmm. that's certainly a key to success. I completely agree with you. Anyway, that's my theory. <laughs> no, that absolutely, that that was a great summary to that, yes. Well, um, I really appreciate the time. Love catching up with you. I do I feel like people that listen to your experience and hear what you're up to, it'll give them some good insight. You know, that we, we do these podcasts so people can actually hear someone who was in their shoes not too long ago that is doing something completely different and, and it's positive and it's encouraging and it's uplifting and it's stimulating. So all of these things are uh, are, are really a part of why we do these and and your story is no different. I really appreciate you taking some time out of your schedule to uh, to enlighten us on what you're up to at ProTivity. Thank you very much, Renee. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're welcome. Thanks for, for asking me to do this. I enjoyed it, and I hope someone out there gets some good nuggets out of this and uh, and sees that you know there's some greatness on the other side of you know that that transition wall. So good yeah. luck to everyone. Thank listening. you so much.